It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Back in back in the dark or from the dark once again. Uh, welcome to this episode, which is all about the IAAPA Expo. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with IAPA, it is the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, and the Expo is held once a year in Orlando, Florida. Uh, I am here, and I am actually teaching two different seminars. You've heard me, you know, rant on about this if you've been listening in the past, and. Uh, because I'm always trying to promote, you know, where I'm going to be, where you can see me. Well, I'm actually here now. And, you know, I, I want to be totally transparent. Normally, what I will do for these kinds of shows is I'll record a whole bunch of things, and then at the end, I'll record the opening and the closing so that I can say, and coming up in this episode is this, this, and this. I'm not doing that this time. I'm actually doing it in real order. So I can't, I can't speak to what you're going to hear or what, you're going to, what we're going to experience because I don't know yet. Uh, I will say that I am very, very busy this particular IAPA. Um, I'm teaching two different seminars. I'm presenting uh, an award, co-sponsoring and presenting an award at the Brass Ring Awards. And I've also got a bunch of parties and networking things to to go to. Um, as you can tell from my voice, it's a little raspy um, because I was at a networking event last night. And because um, this is... Okay, so I'm starting at the beginning, but this is actually my second day here. I got here yesterday afternoon and uh, got checked in and, and got registered and immediately found people that I knew and started talking to them. Yeah, me talking to people randomly? Wow, that's a shocker, eh? So anyway, last night uh, was the first networking event for the Slice Network, and Slice is this phenomenal organization that is all about uh, theme park creatives and uh, finding work for them, um, networking to find projects that we can work on together and folks from different theme parks who are hiring show up at this mixer and they hold it they hold it every year and it, it's just one of the many things that Slice does to support um, independent creatives like myself. So, and I've been a member of Slice for several years and I'm, I, it just, yeah, it makes, it makes 
total sense to be a part of this organization if you are involved in any of the theme park creative disciplines, whether it's writer, director, audio designer. If you if you are a graphic artist or uh, uh, a visual designer, there is constantly a need for you in the theme park industry, just based on what I saw last night. So I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, I was... <clears throat> there last night and talking and talking and talking. It started, I always say, I always say I'm going to go to this thing and, and it's a mixer. So it's held in a bar here in Orlando. And I always go thinking, yeah, I'll go for an hour or two and then, you know, see the people I need to see and then head out. Well, that, that didn't happen last night. It, uh, it started at six and it was, I got there about six thirty, and you know, people are coming and going and people that it's funny because it's a lot of them are people that I haven't seen. They're people from, you know, back in the back in the days of Bush Gardens. And and then so many of them have become independent contractors now that we end up just kind of chatting and we were chatting and chatting and chatting. And the night ended um, with a conversation in the parking lot at 11. So more or less, I was talking nonstop until, uh, well, for what, what's that five hours four and a half hours uh so that's why my voice sounds like this which is kind of silly because i've got a presentation to do today um today's agenda i have a, a 10 30 meeting with my my show sponsor here so she's going to run through things about what i need to you know to, what she needs to do to introduce me i'm pretty low low maintenance because i've done this several years done quite a few years presenting here at iapa and then this afternoon i'm doing uh, a presentation called uh, Growing Fear, and it's all about trends in the haunted attraction industry and theme parks past, present, and future. And I'm, I'm excited because, again, normally at IAPA, I don't get to do haunt stuff. Normally I'll do, I try to sh- shy away from it so that it's a little more, um, I don't know, a little more applicable to more people. But this year, I I submitted two. I submitted this, which was the Halloween one, which was sort of selfish because I wanted to do something that was Halloween based. And I also submitted a second one, which is all about edutainment, um, which I'm doing tomorrow. Um, but I'm also hoping to hit the trade show floor at some point in time. And again, for those of you who know nothing about IAPA, the trade show floor here is one of the most wonderful and weird trade show floors you've ever seen. It has everything from people who build roller coasters to uh, uh, dip and dots. I mean, it's anything and everything that has to do with a theme park. Everything from ticketing to... Uh, there's very few entertainment. There's a few, but there's very few entertainment-based uh, booths here. Most of them are the, the hard side of of what theme park is all about. But they're here. There are some that are here. There are paper vendors, because let's face it, theme parks need toilet paper. You know, it's it's just, it's one of the most eclectic trade shows I've ever been to. It's not like, you know, LDI, which is like all lighting or, or um, uh, Transworld, which is all Halloween. I mean, it's it's mostly blood, guts, and gore. And some of the same vendors at, at from Transworld are also at IAPA because... <clears throat> Again, theme parks do Halloween, so it's usually the larger the larger Transworld vendors that that come to IAPA and and show off. But it uses the entire um, 
the entire convention center here in Orlando. So it's it's a hike, and you really can't you really can't do the whole thing in a day unless you're just like I do. Because again, I come just about every year, so it's one of those. I walk down the aisles and I see what's new. It's like, oh, that's new. Let me go check that out. So it's sort of the the ADD approach. It's like I'll just keep walking until something catches. Oh, look, that's cool. So anyway, that is what today's plan is. And uh, while I'm here, I also have a couple of meetings that I have to go to. And then tonight is another mixer. So I gotta get my voice back. Gotta get my voice back. I got a lot more people to talk to. Uh, but tonight is the Themed Entertainment Association Mixer at Hard Rock. So I will be at that as well to, again, say hi to people that I've known and, and hopefully find new people who um, I want to work with and want to work with me. And so that's the the introduction to the IAPA 2019 version of A Scott in the Dark. So we're going to learn together and let's see what happens from here. So now I've ventured onto the trade show floor, and as I mentioned, it's uh, it's filled with pretty much anything and everything you could possibly want. Everything from miniature golf equipment for family entertainment centers to, I just walked by a kitchen knife vendor, because um, again, culinary is all part of the theme park industry. Tons of insurance companies, tons of... Uh, Tons of companies that focus on, on lighting, especially Christmas lighting. There's a lot of Christmas lighting vendors appear apparently this year. Um, there's a guy I just walked by who has uh, an entire company that does nothing but sells confet- party confetti cannons, um, where what he's done is he's basically taken your standard handheld confetti cannon and mounted it into a facade that looks like a, like a carnival or a circus cannon, and you can apparently either rent it or buy it for parties and then shoot off giant confetti blasts in your backyard if that's what you want to do. Uh, it's it's interesting for me because I have passed the, the Transworld booth here and they are, of course, advertising the show. And uh, that, that's the really the only haunters that I've... or haunt vendors that I've encountered so far. Granted, I'm, in, I'm only in the uh, fourth row of, like, a million, so... I'm sure I'll, I'll find more. But uh, as usual, it's, it's a very eclectic mix. Now, for haunters, you're probably thinking, what on earth would I want with all of these things? But if you think about it, these technologies are just that. They are technologies. They're parts and pieces. They're building blocks that you can use to create, uh, create your own experiences in your own haunts. Um, there's... Another thing that's really, really big this time so far is uh, virtual reality, VR stuff. So again, I'm not. I think we're. I think we're hitting the apex of that right now because they're everywhere. One of the things that I always thought would be interesting is if it were possible to do uh, to use some of the inflatable stuff, like the bounce houses and that sort of thing. Be able to use the the bounce houses for things like uh, the entrance or exit to a haunt. I just think that could be really cool, especially if it's like a carnival haunt. But, um, again, more more virtual reality than you can shake a stick at. And a lot of it now is VR and motion-based combined. So, that's just kind of interesting. There's also quite a few escape rooms. 
For those of you who have escape rooms, there's quite a few escape room vendors and manufacturers here at IAPA this year. I think they're really trying to break into the theme park market, and I'm hoping that that happens because I really do believe that that is the next the next wave of entertainment, and that is not virtual reality, not augmented reality, but real reality, and uh, giving people the opportunity to create their own stories, find their own ways through the world that you've created for them. And if you think about it, that's kind of the same thing with Haunters. We can all do that as well. Um, here's, this is, I've seen this vendor here in years past, and it always fascinates me. It's a company called ScreenFlex Portable Room Dividers. And basically what they are is uh, those sort of air walls or folding walls that um, they all just accordion and collapse upon themselves. And it's one of those things that I keep thinking, wouldn't it be cool if you could theme those out and then reconfigure your haunt? Because they're all on casters, they're all rolling. So reconfigure your haunt as guests enter. So that every single night you'd change out the, the layout about three or four times. It would ha You'd have to reduce your theming or do heavily themed areas and then sort of a maze section that you wander through that you could constantly change. I don't know if it would work or not, but I just every time I see them, I think there's something there. We could we could find new ways to to rebuild the haunts as we go, so that each guest or every fifth guest or every twentieth guest has a completely different experience, uh, so they never quite know where they're going. Or you have it reconfigure, and I know that there's been haunts that have done this. In fact, I've done this uh, haunts that where you reconfigure the pathway as guests go, so you try to separate people. But again overwhelming because it always is and it's uh, incredibly eclectic. One of the things I'm seeing a lot of this time are what I what I would call low-tech games. Um, I think low-tech low-tech kinds of uh, like carnival games that are made of wood and, and are not electronic. Um, they're lower in price and they're certainly something that you can you could add as additional revenue especially if you have you know, if you're doing a carnival theme, you might as well have carnival games out front, um, splatter some, some blood on them, have a character actually run it, and make it, you know, make it something that actually generates generates revenue. So that could be, that could be fun. But anyway, there's lots of those here. So I'm going to continue my walk, and I have my first presentation later this afternoon. I will try to get in touch with you soon after that. Get in touch with you, like I'm doing this live. No, I'll try to record something soon after that, or possibly even during, who knows? I've done stupider things. So, once again, from the trade show floor, here's, uh, here's to what happens next, who knows? So like I mentioned earlier, there is always food here, and it's usually the, you know, different ways to do french fries and ice cream and, and mini melts and, and um, Dippin' Dots and all that sort of thing. Um, so, so far, and I don't know, this may change as the show goes on, but so far I have found my new favorite unusual thing. It's an ice cream bar from Margaritaville Ice Cream, and it's uh, it's called Manganero flavored, which is a mango ice cream bar dipped around the edges with a habanero pepper glaze. It is amazing. It is so good. 
Uh, it's it's sweet and spicy and savory all at the same time and creates this little party in your mouth. So I know that has nothing to do with haunted attractions, but I just I think I just wanted to say manganero because it sounds fun. But anyway, it is so good and so weird. And we got to talking about how they came up with the flavor. And I think it's a good lesson for all of us in the in the creative industry is uh, they thought this is just crazy enough it might work and initially the original uh, flavor designer was like nope don't like it can't do it shouldn't do it and in talking with them they said it's been incredibly popular so sometimes when you throw out all the rules and you you know you try something that quote unquote will never work you discover something that's absolutely brilliant so whatever your haunt is make sure that every now and then you throw in a manganero so that you can find your next great adventure. So my seminar is over, or my first seminar is over, uh, the haunted uh, growing fear, which was the past, present, and future trends of haunted attractions, is done. It was incredibly well attended. I was I was honored that so many people were interested in, and wanted to check it out. Um, but uh, and then I have been in. I did. I did a book signing, which a bunch of people bought the book, which is really exciting. And uh, got to chat with a, a whole bunch of, of really interesting people who are involved with everything from theme parks to museums to um, outdoor adventure parks to all kinds of incredible stuff. Now I'm walking back to my hotel room. Um, I'm going to drop off my stuff, and I'm going to go to the themed uh, the TEA mixer. Um, and that's it uh, at Universal. So let's uh, let me go get refreshed a little bit, and I will be back with you when I'm there. And maybe I can uh, do a quick little recording while I'm there as well. So here I am at one of the mixers, and as you can hear, it is very loud. I'm standing on the floor of the Hard Rock Live which is where the TEA event is every year. And it's a whole bunch of people wandering around, shaking hands, saying hi to people. Uh, there's every level of every haunted, of every uh, theme park attraction you could possibly imagine here. Uh, the only downside is we are all yelling at the top of our lungs to be heard, which just kind of makes it louder and louder. Um, it's interesting because there are, like I said, er, like I said earlier, there are a bunch of uh, haunters who make it to this event, and they're sort of snoozing their way around the floor. And uh, but I will say it's kind of cool because I'm seeing a lot of people that I used to know at uh, at Bush Gardens. So anyway, that's the story. Oh, and here's somebody I should probably say hello to because he's being an ass. So I'm back on the trade show floor again. Last night's mixer went very well. I got to chat with some folks and talk about some possibilities for future projects. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm finishing up my walk around the floor today before I go and teach my second seminar today, which is about edutainment. Not a haunt theme, but uh, talking about how education and entertainment can work together to make them both more effective and how they can help the uh, overall well-being of, of the theme park or zoo or aquarium or whatever. So, uh, in looking around this year, there's not a ton of, of specific haunt vendors. There are quite a few escape room vendors here, and there's a couple of uh, haunt prop fabricators who do uh, custom and specific work. But 
the, the wonderful haunted, creepy puppeteer guys from VFX are here and uh, throwing bungee heads at people and scaring the heck out of these uh, international corporate theme park folks. So kudos to them. That's, that's cool stuff. One of the things that I have noticed is there's a bunch of really interactive vendors here and people who are taking technology and physical action and combining them to make something unique and uh, and, and really interesting. So if you uh, are thinking about doing something like that in your haunt, now would be the year to do it because there's a lot of stuff out there and it seems to be a trend that is, is moving forward. That's about all I got for now. So I will come back and uh, I will come back and, and fill you in as things progress. I've got my seminar today. Then after that, I have the Brass Ring Awards, where I'm presenting an award. Then after that, I have another uh, party uh, mixer party this evening. So it's a it's a busy day. But uh, again, here we are at IAPA. So now I'm walking back to my hotel. Uh, it is the evening of the most recent day. What is this, day three? Um, day two? I don't know. I've lost track. But anyway, the, uh, the day went well. I had uh, excellent turnout at my edutainment seminar, and then I went to the Brass Ring Awards. Now, the interesting thing about the Brass Ring Awards this year, this is IAPA's way of recognizing excellence within the industry. And it includes everything from human resources to marketing to uh, live performance. And this year... They actually added a Halloween uh, Halloween um, section, a Halloween competition, and it was basically uh, outstanding Halloween event or element. And they were the three top elements were pretty cool, actually. Um, one of them was a Halloween ice show from somewhere in Europe that was was creepy and Celtic in theme, which was kind of odd, but but neat. It was fun. Uh, another one was uh, Traumatica at Europa Park, which took <clears throat> a theme park Halloween idea and made it did a really cool thing with it. They kind of marvelized the universe, and they made each of the haunted houses um, different factions of an overarching story. So all of the all of the storylines of the houses tied into one giant story, but they also stood alone on their own, and their makeup and their costumes were amazing. So if you get a chance to search Traumatica, um, it's Traumatica Horror Nights at Europa Park. It was, it was a very cool, or looked like a very cool event. I obviously didn't attend it. But the winner was a, uh, a haunt, haunted attraction at Wallaby in Holland that was called Below. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the rules are in different uh, different countries or different worlds. But it was so amazing. Uh, basically, what they did was the entire story took place in a sewer, and they made you climb this hill so that you then go down an elevator. After you go down the elevator into what is supposedly the quote-unquote sewer, then you have to put on waders, and the entire haunt was flooded. So maybe, and it looked like there was maybe two to three, two, two feet of water, maybe two feet of water throughout the whole thing. And it was so neat because not only was there splashing and, and 
in, and the, the, when the monsters came, you know, charging out of the, the gated off sewer pipes or sewer tunnels, there was sloshing and noise, but it also meant that you couldn't run away. It was, it was very cool. And the fact that you couldn't move quickly because you're wading through water. So it was basically a haunted house you waded through. And that was based on what I, I saw. That was clearly the one that should have won because it was by far the most unique, certainly something that we've never seen here or I've never seen in the States at least to be able to slosh through a haunted house. So that was uh, the Haunter's highlight, in my opinion, for the, uh, the Brass Ring Awards. I will say that uh, one of the marketing awards, Hollow Scream at Bush Tampa was nominated. Um, no, sorry, Hollow Scream at Bush Williamsburg. No, I'm wrong again. Sorry, it's been a long day. Uh, Hollow Scream at SeaWorld Texas was nominated for one of the marketing awards. But they unfortunately didn't win. But uh, anyway, so Halloween is being recognized by IAPA and by the Brass Ring Awards. And so I think that's kind of cool. We'll see where that goes from here. From this point forward, I have one more party to attend tonight. And that is the Quantum Creative Party. And it's at the Skeletons Museum. So I'm looking forward to that. So here we go as the IAPA, the IAPA journey continues. So the sun has risen once again, and uh, it's time for another day here at IAPA. Last night, I went to a phenomenal party um, for Quantum Creative, and it was at the Skeletons Museum uh, here in Orlando. So, of course, it had a very dark and kind of creepy theme, Um, but the museum is great. It's filled with skeletons of all different kinds of animals, including as well as humans, and um, they're all sort of posed so you can see what the, what skeletons of things look like. It's really cool. And it was a great setting for a party. Um, and it was all, the theme, the theme of the party was we had all passed away. And as we came in, we all got name tags that told us how we died. I got my foot stuck in a railroad track. What a way to go, you know? You actually watch the train coming. Anyway, uh, it was great. And I got to hang out with a bunch of my haunter friends, uh, Philip Hernandez was there, and, and Amy Holloman, and Ted Doherty. So that's the kind of thing that's really cool about these kinds of events, is the fact that there are parties where you get to see people from, you know, really both coasts. I mean, Amy is up in in Colorado now, and Philip, well, Philip's everywhere. Philip's all over the world, and uh, just because I think he's homeless, I don't know. But uh, he's, he travels a lot. And Ted is, of course, LA-based. And it was we had dinner together, and we went over to the party. And it was interesting because even though it wasn't specifically a hunter's event, there were a bunch of people who have done haunted attractions there. So I find it interesting that even though there's not a ton of haunt stuff on the trade show floor, or specifically haunt stuff on the trade show floor, there is a lot of interest still in theme parks in doing and expanding their haunts, especially internationally. Uh, so, and and it's it's fascinating because the approach to Halloween in other countries is very very different than it is here. Um, they they don't think of it as just a let's let's throw up a couple pumpkins and skeletons. They do things full out. And we had a great conversation last night over dinner about how. Especially the the new Asian haunts will just completely change things out and make it completely different and completely new. So that was interesting, and it was a a fascinating conversation that probably would have would have never happened had it not been for a 
us all gathering for this for this event. So, uh, if you have, you know, if you are looking for a theme or you're looking for a place, <clears throat> it kind of ties, the party last night kind of tied into my thought of utilize things that may not necessarily be haunt related, but could be. The, this skeleton museum, for example, was not necessarily scary. In fact, it wasn't designed to be scary. But when you when you light these, when you uplight these skeletons with, you know, UV LED, they look really cool, and it makes for a a very elegant and and kind of creepy little party setting. So it was it was a lot of fun. Thanks to the folks at Quantum Creative, and uh, and specifically thanks to Philip Hernandez who got me into this party um, through Gantam and Seasonal Entertainment Source. So it was uh, it was a great night. Now, as you can hear in my voice, as always happens at trade shows, I start to get a little raspy. So we'll see what happens today. Um, I'm on my way right now to a breakfast. Yes, a breakfast after a late night. But anyway, I'm on my way to a breakfast for the Florida Attractions Association. And then this afternoon, I'm attending a seminar presented by Meow Wolf, which I think could be fascinating. And then tonight, it's IAPA Celebrates at Universal Studios. So if I can get some people to chat with me there, I think that would be great. So here's to another day at IAPA. So here we are at the final day of the IAPA Expo. And last night, we had the IAPA Celebrates party at um, Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. And I got to see some things that I had not seen before. And everybody thinks, you know, since you live in Florida, Scott, why don't you go over to all of the theme parks all the time? Because I live in Florida and I think I can do it all the time. So I guess maybe that's just it. But um, I will say that Universal did an amazing job at the party last night. Uh, it was a, an after-hours private function for IAPA members. And uh, I had a chance to ride uh, the new Hagrid ride, which is... Amazing, great storytelling, really good storytelling, um, and and lots of surprises around every corner and some unique unique elements as a coaster goes. Um, and I also got to ride Kong for the first time, which I had not done, which is is really neat. What I want to really give kudos to, though, is the staff at Universal Islands of Adventure. They were top notch when it came to guest service. Uh, down to the, the, the point where people would, were recognizing individuals throughout the night um, and saying, you know, I hope you enjoyed whatever or welcome back to this area or whatever. Um, if you ever get the chance to do an after-hour sponsored event at, uh, at Universal, take it. Um, their culinary department is incredible. And even down to, you know, you always hear me talk about consistency in theming and consistency in storytelling. Even down to the food selections for each area and the, the culinary uh, booths or tables that are set up for each area of Islands of Adventure were themed to that area. So, you know, there was, there was English food in, in Hogsmeade. There was uh, paella in these giant, I mean, these oversized walks. They had to be probably five feet across. Paella back in uh, in Jurassic Park. Um, they had hummus bars in, uh, in the more Middle Eastern areas. It was just 
it was really well done. And even down to like the tables that they had in Jurassic Park were made of planks and were lit from inside and looked as though they had been clawed by dinosaurs. It was it was one of the coolest parties I've ever been to. And the the staff at Islands uh, at Islands of Adventure and the, including everybody from the ride team to the culinary team to the folks at IAPA who put it together. Uh, kudos to all of them because they really made a very, very special night. And then I also got to see the projection mapping show on uh, the Hogwarts Castle, which I had never seen before. I'd never seen the Christmas version. And it was, it was breathtaking and heartwarming. And again, wonderful, wonderful storytelling. It, it gave us kind of a glimpse into what all of the students... Uh, at uh, at Hogwarts would be doing during the holiday season. So, and and the thing that was amazing about it is it wasn't. It had that same warmth and charm that the the films have and the original brand have, without being big, splashy, and and there was nothing trashy about it. It was just elegant and smooth and pretty darn cool. So, again, highly highly recommended. I got to hang out with uh, my friends again. I was with uh, Ted Doherty and uh, Amy Holloman from 13th Floor and uh, and Philip Hernandez from Gantam Lighting and, and Haunted Attraction Association. And, I'm sorry, uh, Gantam Light, not Haunted Attraction Association. I never said that. I never said that. <laughs> with uh, Haunted Attraction Network. And, uh, and I also got to see, you know, uh, Tater was there and... Uh, Brett Bertolino, I saw him for a while. Um, Brad Weinstein, Dan Hauer, you know, a bunch of a bunch of haunter folks, and it was it was a great party. It was a great party. I will say that I was going to originally record while I was there, um, but to be completely honest, I was too busy having too much fun, eating too much food, and drinking too many cocktails. So that's why I did not record. So you didn't have to listen to me talk like this, which is really a good thing. I don't think I was slurring my words that much, but it's possible, because it was one heck of a party. So uh, I'm wandering around the trade show floor right now on the last day, which is always kind of a, a light day. Um, I like to think of it as family day, because all too often people who come into this expo from around the country and around the world will bring their kids, they'll get them a day pass, and they'll bring their kids for the final the final day so they can experience what this trade show is all about and uh, I just got to ride a, a new ride because it's the only trade show I ever go to that actually has rides set up on the convention floor so I got to ride a new Zamperla ride which was really really cool and uh, I've been playing some playing some games you know playing a little squirt gun game uh, with uh with um, Bob Space Racers, and uh, it was, you know, this is kind of the chill morning, it's the last day, and we're just kind of meandering around the floor, saying hi. So this has been, as a recap, this has been overall an incredible experience. Um, I'm sorry that this has kind of turned into sort of a, an audio diary of my experience here, but I know that not everybody who listens to the podcast gets the chance to come to IAPA and experience what it's all about. So I kind of wanted to give you my point of view and, and what I experienced so that if someday you are able to come to this show that you have the opportunity to uh, to do the same things that I get to do and and 
I, I love this industry. I love the theme park industry. And I love the haunter industry. I love you, man. So I just wanted to share this opportunity and this experience so that even if you can't come, you get at least some idea as to what's out there um, in the world of trade shows. And you've heard me say it before. Trade shows are a great way to network. They're a great way to meet people. They're a great way to learn more and more about, about the... Sorry. <laughs> a little brain fart there. Um, learn more and more about the industry, and not only the industry that you're in, but also the related industries. You know, if you are if you are a haunter, you can learn a bunch from the theme park industry. And if you and the the you know there are many many people who actually dabble in in both. They will be haunters and owners of FECs and and zoos and aquariums are getting into the haunt industry. Um, I found that out because. I talked to a lot of folks from a lot of different places while I was here, and you know, there's a possibility I may be working for some of them. So fingers crossed. But the uh, by by learning what is available, you learn what you can apply to your own business and your own industry. So if there is a takeaway from this show, it is get out and go to the conventions that are accessible to you, um, whether that be a haunt convention, a Christmas convention. You know, uh, obviously, Transworld, Haunt Con, um, those are all, you know, real, real big stuff. Uh, IAPA, of course, and and even, but even smaller conventions and trade shows, just so that you can get out there, see what's, see what's available to you in your industry, and what you can take from some other industry and apply it to your own industry. Plus, it's a great opportunity to network. You can meet people, hang out with people that you may potentially be working with in the future and get to know them on a personal level before you actually start to do business with them. So I guess that's about all. I'm going to wrap up from here. I will be driving back to Tampa and then uh, I've got, I'm flying off to another, another state to work on another project uh, after, in about two days. So there may not be may not be a, an immediate follow-up to this, but uh, but I will say that the, the show has been great, and if you are looking for other places to meet up, say hi, be involved, um, I will be at the Seasonal Entertainment Source Leadership Symposium at Gaylord Palms, focusing on Christmas and ideation and new, new idea generation. I will be there on uh, December 9th, and then... Uh, I will be, I will definitely be at HauntCon again this year, and I'm probably going to be at, uh, at Transworld. So, I hope to see you around, and, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you want to know any more about any of the stuff that I do, please go to scottswenson.com and click the tabs on the right-hand side. And, and, and everybody, please join the Facebook group. I know some of you aren't on Facebook, and I understand that, uh, but if you can, join the Facebook group because that's a great way to, you know, share ideas with your, your peers and the other people who listen to this show. I also take suggestions for new topics directly from that Facebook group. Um, so find it, join it, have a good time. And until next time, this is Scott Swenson from A Scott in the Dark saying, rest in peace.